to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back on the block. We just finished talking about the Huskers and the Husker big win in Penn State, but there's also some big losses that occurred on this Saturday. But before we get into that, we have Pat on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Pat, what did you see? Did you see blurred lines or did you have 2020 vision of a potential future uh, as, as you would like to see it as far as the Huskers and their play on this weekend? Well, well, first of all, thanks for taking my call. I'll tell you what I did see. I saw that Penn State arena looking mighty empty, and I guess I'd like to know your take, Strick. If you tell me, do, do players notice that stuff? I mean, do they think, hey, maybe I've got it pretty good at Nebraska, and Nebraska's got thousands of fans even when the team is doing, you know, historically bad. Uh, do you think that might cause some players to stick around next year just because they see that Nebraska's got got better fan support than a lot of other places around? Oh, I, I, I would venture to say that for me, Pat, that conversation is one I would have as a coach. You know, as I look around and I go to different places like that, I, even some good teams, uh, I, w- I would be pitching that as a as a means by which to – you know, you guys, you guys could turn this place. I mean, Danny, Danny used to basically tell us all the time, depending on what we gave gave on the court and what we what we brought and the and 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 the the way that we looked when we played and if we played a certain way, that they would show up and we saw it. And and so I would venture to say that's a great selling pitch. That's a great point to make. I think it also. Uh, I would say this after playing during a COVID season, if any of those players have been around during COVID <laughs> season, all those empty gyms, it felt like a practice that was going on in there. Right. Uh, so uh, I would, I would say that I, hopefully that wasn't the case. I know Nebraska didn't have any people in the gym during that period and maybe they got used to it. So for them, it was like, it was, Oh, this is back. <laughs> We've seen this before. So, so yeah, I, I, it does make a difference, though. It, I don't care what anybody says. I think having a good fan base, one that's uh, rooting for you and and and, and supporting you, um, that does make a difference. It makes a difference in how you normally would play the game. So, great question. What what what'd you say, Bob? Yeah, I mean, I, I I say this every year when I see Penn State. It, it's 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 amazing the lack of. Uh, I don't know if it's amazing. Maybe just to us here at Nebraska, where you see the, the you know the fan support um, be so high, and, and and kind of regardless of how the team's doing, and especially if a team is winning, you know it doesn't matter what sport it is. Nebraska fans will go out there and support them. Penn State's the opposite. I mean, it's tough. It, talk about a football school. It is tough. I mean, they've got some other things going for them too, um, but it's definitely not a basketball school. Um, it's 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 almost frustrating as a basketball fan um, to watch them um, year in and year out in in the last of support that they get there because they're not they're not always a bad program you know they can get some you know they have a, a few years where they kind of get going and then the fans will start to trickle in a little bit more but when they, when they're not competing when they're not like um you know maybe playing a top 25 opponent or um or, or you know on the on the verge of going to the ncaa tournament 
everybody bails on him there. So I mean, I, I to me, it would be hard if I'm if I have a, a scholarship offered to several different places that are kind of at Penn State's level um, to not notice that. I just just watching Nebraska go there every year. I don't watch a whole lot of Penn State basketball, but just watching Nebraska go there every year, I'm reminded. Um, you know, of how pro their, 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 their fan base is at keeping up on basketball. They just, it just doesn't seem to be like, like the football school overwhelms there where at other football schools, um, you know, especially at Nebraska, it doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) We've had, we had to deal with that quite often, but we didn't have to deal with that because the thing I think that's uniquely different from Nebraska is that they actually want it. They, I, I don't think that you can see that they just want it. It, it, it goes back to the field of dreams. Remember when they said in the field of dreams, they said, if you build it, they will come. That's, that's Nebraska. Doggone baseball for so many years had been terrible. Boom. They still support it. Everybody liked to go out and watch a game and so forth and so on. Then they blow up. And now it's like, they can't even get a ticket. Volleyball. Who fills out a freaking whole basketball arena? I mean, that's freaking crazy to me. But that's a that's a tool that's being used for those women. It's inspiring to get them to want to not only want to come, but to play in those types of atmospheres. That's great. Pinnacle Bank Arena is a tremendous facility. And if you build it, they will come. I mean, that that's what blows my mind is just that how can you not lay it on the line? How could every night you not want to lay it on the line? And so I think sometimes that is some of the most frustrating things about it, Bach. But, you know, that's that's a great point you made as well. And, and thanks for Pat for calling in on the Honda Lincoln hotline. Uh, you can also text us again uh, on the Sauter Heyman text line. The new number there is 402-999-4620. Again, it's 402-999. Four six two zero. Excuse me. So, um, but Bach, crazy, crazy, super crazy weekend. The top shoot. Uh, there were seven of them. So Gonzaga falls to St. Mary's, sixty-seven to fifty-seven. Arizona takes an L at Colorado. My guy, Samaki Walker's son, getting busy over there. there. Yeah. Jabari, yes, good win for them against number two, Arizona. Number three, Auburn also takes the L against number 17, Tennessee. Very close game there in the SEC at 67-62. Purdue, one of the top tens in the Big Ten, falls to Michigan State again. They're one of the teams that that, that just gets beat by the three, the last-second buzzer beaters. They, they've taken a couple of them L's. And Michigan State gives it to them again, 68 to 65. Kansas in the Big 12 loses to number 10 Baylor in a in a top 10 matchup there, 80 to 70. And Kentucky in the SEC falls to number 18, Arkansas by two. And the last one, and you notice the difference in all of these, right? The majority of all of those first ones I just said were all on the road. Okay, that happens. Big game, come in, hype, boom, you take an L. You got just just outran in the gym that night. But this one, number nine, Texas Tech lost to TCU at home, 69 to 63. And those sometimes are hard to bite, especially when it's not a highly ranked opponent. 
Bach, what, what, what did you see over the that that weekend? And how does it fare when you're looking at the NCAA tournament approaching for uh, for seeding purposes, depending on who you lost to? Is it going to affect you? And also, some of the things I think people don't understand is, yes, there's these top quality teams and there's so much turnover from given times and weeks and not too many people sustain it for the longevity of the whole year uh, as they've had those types of dominant teams in the past. There's so much parity, it seems like now. And and what did you see in this top uh, 10, you know, basically <laughs> blowouts of, uh, well, let me just not just tremendous victories from these teams that, that basically got it done against these uh, great, great powerhouse teams. Well, like you said, I saw, what I saw was a lot of fans storming the court uh, because a lot of these uh, these victors were on the road. A few of these teams, again, you know, losses that are that are hard fought. Like Kansas, you lose to a top ten team in Baylor, uh, defending national champ. There's no shame in that. Uh, you know, kind of pick up and, and go where you left off. Auburn losing to number seventeen Tennessee. Same type of thing. I mean, Tennessee's a, a really solid squad. Really got going, caught fire in the second half. Um, St. Mary's and Gonzaga can say a little bit different. Like St. Mary's is the second best team um, in that conference. Um, they're number 23, so they're also ranked uh, in the WCC. But that's a, that's it's interesting for Gonzaga, especially, you know, coming off of last year where they were undefeated, obviously, going into the tournament. Everybody's starting to put them up there with greatest of all time here and there. Um, and they just don't play that level of competition enough. It is a bit alarming to me that, that they did drop this game um, because – you know, the last time I, and I watched the last game that, that they played, they just, you know, St. Mary's it was probably just the shooting that night, but they could not keep up no matter what they did. I mean, they lost by, you know, almost 20 points, I believe, the first meeting. Um, for Gonzaga to drop that game, uh, it's not a good look, but, but, but it's also hard. I mean, because you're also asking, I don't care what level of competition you play, you're also asking them um, to win every game that they play in that conference and by a considerable margin. But they do, and that's what's a little bit alarming about it is that they're beating everybody by 20. So all of a sudden to lose by 10 uh, to a St. Mary's team that they, again, beat by almost 20 earlier in the season, um, a little bit alarming. But, I mean, just for them, I mean, altogether all, all for college basketball, it's interesting because uh, uh, there's nothing better than a week of, like, the top six teams losing um, to let you know this thing's going to be pretty wide open. Um, as, as, you know, certain years there's teams that overwhelm and, and just kind of the senior classes come together or they have the best player in the nation. I don't necessarily feel like there's going to be an overwhelming favorite. I think there's going to be a lot of upsets in the tournament. Um, and, uh, and so maybe, hopefully even, for some people that love the mayhem that is uh, supposedly coming in March, um, the madness. Um, hopefully that was a, a preview of what we will see here once we start filling out our brackets. Hey, listen, they don't call it March Madness for nothing. I Every year I come in and I don't, I'm not going to say I have killer um, uh, like buck, I mean bracket busters. Hey, that was a tongue twister. They have, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say I totally have or I go with the, the the super powerhouses because I normally, when I pick my my uh, brackets, I normally have picked some good upsets, like some of the crazy ones where people are like, oh, there's no way. Oh, they're going through this. And then my points, because, I, you know, each level you go through the bracket, you get a certain amount of points. And my points would be you know, up there a little <laughs> bit because I didn't pick – I didn't pick the 13 against the, you know, the the three or the 
you know, stuff like that. So you, I think you're going to see that like never before. And I said this because what happened was COVID and, I, and, and people sometimes be like strict, just be talking, you know, he don't even, he, I think he just be throwing stuff against the wall. But I'm, I'm telling you, I think this COVID situation, because now you've got these extra seniors, these COVID seniors on a lot of teams that would have loved to recycle because normally you've got that four, four to five year cycle, but that was extended an extra. So a lot of kids that weren't able to go to the school, maybe of their choice, ended up taking secondary choices. So there were some teams that end up, i.e. Murray States and the likes of these types of teams that end up getting really good talent because they're looking to go to second tier talent that can that has made noise before. So you're going to get those next those net those tiers that get missed by some of those big schools fall into teams like that, which is going to raise the level, which is going to open up the parity of the of, of the whole totality of college basketball, meaning that on a given night, you've got some Dwayne Wade types with chips on their shoulder that ended up going to Marquette because no one was really looking at him and he's a freaking Hall of Famer and he's, you've got a John Morant that ends up getting passed over, finding himself falling down there to us and you've got guys like Teron Luz who we got on early that ended up basically everybody and their mama was coming after him late but he had the loyalty to stay who got with him early. So you have a lot of these types of situations now where these teams are going to start busting people upside their head when it comes tournament time. And you're going to see some bucket, uh, some bracket busters, I think come March Madness. Oh yeah. I, I can definitely see it. I, there's uh, I mean, I, it's just the, the level, you know, sometimes it's, it's kind of funny because you look between maybe like a four and a, and a seven seed and they could complete, you know, different, you know, era or, or kind of rank among them. Um, but then you look at the top 25, they're all, you know, it's not, they might be separated by like five spots and what difference does that really make, um, you know, all together. And then of course the top 25 isn't held together by the, the, the surest of hands to begin with either. So, you know, all these teams, you look at them, um, um, with four-plus losses, basically, everybody's in that category except for Arizona, who plays in the Pac-12, kind of a weak Pac-12, but they're up there at number two. And Gonzaga, who we already mentioned, um, plays in the weakest of the conferences. So it, it's, it's just one of those years where you don't have um, the the team or the one or two teams that you go, well, that's that's definitely going to be the favorite. Everybody's kind of bunched in there with, you know, depending on what kind of you think about their um, their strength of schedule or the amount of teams that they play, four, five, six losses. There's a lot of teams in that category. Category and, and even some teams that can get hot um, with a few more losses that um, that that might be able to, to uh, you know factor into the equation as well. And, and as always, there's upsets, there's there's craziness, and hopefully there will be some last second shots and some fun going down um, for that. But it, it's you know it, it's just one of those things, and I think that, that that parody has been coming hitting a little bit hard. You know, for the the majority of the tournaments history you're usually able to to say well there's about five or six teams that are going to win that because there's about five or six programs that typically win the tournament every once in a while you'll get a surprise over the last couple of years like Baylor that that's not one of those typical teams but obviously they worked their way up to be um 
one of the top seeded teams last year, but I mean, I mean, the perfect example is Virginia won uh, in the national championship right after losing to the number sixteen seed. Um, and so, I mean, if and that there was a day where we thought that that would never happen, but it's because those sixteen seeds just didn't look like they belonged on the court with the number one teams. Um, you know, nowadays fifteen seeds, fourteen seeds, sixteen seeds, they do have that you know that kind of level of talent that you can see, and it, you know, it, it, it's not as but the bigger part is the the top overall teams they don't have the four year seniors the veterans I I always go back to that that Duke team um, you know kind of in the early two thousands where Shane Battier was like one of the best college players of all time and then Jay Williams comes and he's even better and Carlos Boozer is like a fourth year senior and Elton Brand's a junior you know it's just and Mike Dunleavy's waiting until he graduates to leave how is college basketball ever going to have one of those teams again now if anybody gets a sniff of the first round they're out. Yeah, and that, and that's and that's that's why also a good um, assessment as to why the parity has become what it is now because a lot of these kids don't stay, and so you, you you're not able to amass that that powerhouse uh, that you used to have. Now Kentucky used to get away with it a lot because of the fact that their high levels of turnover, but their high levels of bringing in everybody was just excited about the opportunity to go to Kentucky and and be able to make that next jump. And so they were using that as that opportunity. But I think now some kids are just like, I can make the jump from anywhere. I'm going to go here and, and, and ball out. And so, you know, cause, cause I was going to ask that question. I'm like, what happened to Virginia's, you know, what happened to the Virginia's what happened to the Syracuse's what happened, you know, right now you're looking at the big East and this, you know, I think speaks to what I was talking about. You got Providence up there that just oh, yeah. came out of nowhere. You know, I mean, they were kind of knocking on the door. They, you know, they were kind of peeking their head. They'd win a few every now and then against some big teams. But at the end of the day, now they've basically taken over the the uh, uh, the Big East. So it's like, man, what? But but I look back and say, what happened to the UCLA's? What happened to the you know those types of UNLV's? Like you you ain't heard of UNLV's like since <laughs> the nineties, like basically. Yeah. So I, I mean, in my mind, that's what I think about sometimes crazy yeah i, I could definitely but, see it go yeah ahead. go oh no yeah. go ahead i was just gonna just i was just gonna say you know i want you to say what you're gonna say before we take this break and get into the uh, hidden harbor <laughs> yeah i figure we better get into there so i'll just start playing the music and let you go <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll come back right in and we'll finish up with hitting the hardwood with strict we'll have a few minutes to talk a little bit about lebronny james <laughs> uh, you already know how i feel about that <laughs> 